Paul was sharing his testimony with King Agrippa, and um, he was talking about how when Jesus met him on the road to Damascus, and, um, and he was born again. So Acts chapter 26, reading from verse 15. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness, both of these things which thou hast seen, and of those things in which I will appear unto thee, to deliver thee from the people, and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee. I send thee. Unto whom now I send thee. What for? To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light. And to turn them from the power of Satan unto God. And that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance that they might receive forgiveness of sins and they might receive inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me that they might receive forgiveness of sins by faith that they might receive inheritance by the faith that is in me now this morning I'm going to be teaching on this subject possess your inheritance. Say that with me. Possess your inheritance. Now you notice here it says, Paul says, when I was called of God and I was sent, here was part of my assignment. To open up the eyes of the people and help them to receive what? The forgiveness of sins and inheritance. Sometimes as believers, we have an attitude towards various aspects of our redemption as if we have to, as if we are in a as if it's a pick and choose thing and that here is here is salvation being born again over here here is forgiveness of sins here is the baptism of the holy ghost here is healing over here here is prosperity over here here is deliverance over there and we come as if we are at a, um at what is those, not the all you can eat, but those things where you pick and choose as, as a buffet. And he said, all right, I'm going to have some salvation. I got to have that. Right? Forgiveness of sins, I want that. That healing stuff, I don't know. Maybe that has passed away. And as for that tongues business and baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, that is for those strange, that, I don't want that. And then prosperity, oh no, that is of the devil. And, and so we pick and choose. But in reality, here is the deal. What Jesus paid for that you can have, everything that he paid for belongs to every child of God. And we are not to be picking and choosing. It's like here is the pie and there are various slices of the pie. There is a salvation slice, a born again slice, a forgiveness slice, a healing slice, a baptism of the Holy Ghost slice, a prosperity slice, a deliverance slice. But the whole pie is yours. Say, I want the whole pie. Amen? Now here it says, in the same context, that you might receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance. In other words, he said both in the same breath. In other words, then, like, what's the difference? What is the difference? Jesus one time said, what is, what is, which is harder? 
to say, thy sins be forgiven thee, or take up thy bed and walk. Well, in the same way, he's saying, look, forgiveness of sins and the inheritance. They, they are both on the same plane. Amen? God wants, as much as God wants you to have forgiveness in your life, he, in the same measure, he wants you to have your inheritance. And the same degree to which you want to walk in, in, in forgiveness and receive your forgiveness to the same degree you ought to want to receive and walk and manifest your inheritance. Amen? There's a little adjustment we need to make there. Say, my inheritance. You see, everything that Jesus paid for you to have, God wants you to have it. Amen? All right. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. Hallelujah. Let me pick it up in verse 2. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace be multiplied to you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy had begotten us again to a lively hope. You were born again to a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance, incorruptible, undefiled, that faded not away, that is reserved in heaven for you. And when it says reserved in heaven for you, it is not talking about in the planet heaven. It's talking about in that realm, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, in that realm of the spirit. So you are born again to an inheritance, an incorruptible, undefiled inheritance that is imperishable, that is unfading. Say, I'm born again to an inheritance. Now concerning that inheritance, Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 17 that the eyes of your understanding would be open. And then in verse 18, he prayed that you and I, that you would know what is the riches, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. That you would know just what is the, the majesty, the excellence, the, the extent, the, how unfathomable, how rich is this inheritance in the saints. And then he goes on to say, according, even according to the, his exceeding great power with which he raised up Christ from the dead. When you break it down, he is saying that your eyes would be open, that God would reveal unto us what are the riches of this glorious inheritance that belong to us, which even includes the exceeding great power that was demonstrated when Jesus was raised up from the dead. He's saying the resurrection power, the power of the Holy Ghost that raised up Jesus from the dead is all part of that inheritance. Amen? Now that inheritance is absolutely extensive. That inheritance, quite frankly, includes everything that you are born again to. Everything that is yours because of the new birth and the sacrifice of Christ. Say amen. Now, we, want, we need to get a grasp of what are the length and the breadth and the depth and the height of, of what this inheritance is, how we are to possess it, how we are to manifest it. Hebrews chapter 2, just so we can, we got to get a grasp of this stuff, amen? Hallelujah. Amen. I'm just going to cool down here a little. 
Hebrews chapter 2, watch this here now. Read it from verse 5. But unto the angels had he not put in subjection the world to come. The world to come. The world to come. Unto the angel he didn't put in subjection the world to come. Now don't forget, this inheritance is infinite and awesome and immeasurable and it is far-reaching in so many areas that in Ephesians it even says it includes that power that raised Jesus from the dead. So God had placed even the world to come in subjection, not to the angels, but one in a certain place testifies saying, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you would visit him? You placed the world in, to come in subjection to him. You made him a little lower than yourself, a little lower than angels. And you crowned him. You crowned him with what? With glory and with honor. And you set him not only over the subject to the world, the words to come subject to him, but you set him over the works of your hands. How great is that? And you put all in subjection. All, say all. In subjection under his feet. But in that you put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. He left nothing that is not put under him. But we see, but we see not yet all put under him. In other words, here is man and God has put in subjection the world to come. God has put the works of his hands in subjection to him, set him over them. God has put all things in subjection under his feet. But when you look around and you look at man, it doesn't look that way. You look at yourself, you don't see that everything is subject to you. You don't see that. So, so the Spirit of God says, let me help you. Oh, you need to see this. But looking at yourself and looking around, you don't see it. So here, look, let's see Jesus. Let's look at Jesus. Let us see Jesus. Can we see everything subject to him? Can we see the world to come subject to him? Amen? Can you see him over all the works of God's hands? Well, let us see Jesus. Because as he is, so are we in this world. And you and I are heirs together with Christ. We are joint heirs with Christ. And we are heirs with God. Heirs of God. So it goes on to say, we see Jesus made a little Lord in the angels, suffering death for um. For the suffering of death, he crung, we see him crowned with glory and honor. And he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things. And bringing many sons to glory. To make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. But watch this. He that sanctifieth, which is Jesus. And they who are sanctified, which is us, are all one. They are all one. As we get a revelation of this inheritance that belongs to us, it is connected up to the fact that we are one. So Jesus, whatever Jesus is an heir to, we are a joint heir with him. And out of that oneness, everything that belongs to him belongs to us. That is why Jesus says when the Holy Spirit has come, he will take what's mine and he will reveal it unto you. Everything that the Father has, Jesus says, is mine. And the Holy Spirit will take what's mine and reveal, reveal it unto you because it is now yours. He that sanctified and they that sanctified are one. It says in 1 John 3 verse 1 and 2. Um, it says, 
Behold what manner of love that you and I might be called the sons of God. It doesn't yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Romans chapter 8 from about verse 15 says, God has not given us a spirit of bondage again to fear, but he's given us a spirit of adoption, whereby we cry out, Abba, Father. Amen? And his spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And he has made us, and that we are children of God, we are heirs of God, and we are joint heirs with Christ. We are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Now are we the sons of God. And we are an heir to everything that Jesus, that belongs to Jesus. Everything that was given to Jesus. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1, which is just a few verses down, says consider him. Because you see, when you look at yourself, it's hard to grasp how infinite and how awesome this inheritance is. Well, look at Jesus. Consider him. And as you consider him, and you see him, the Bible even says that you want to know who, what you look like on the inside. Behold, as in a glass, the glory of the Lord. And you're going to be changed from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of God. You want to know what you have? You want to know the inheritance? Consider Jesus. Amen? Because as he is, so are we in this world. Say, consider Jesus. All right? We're right here in Hebrews, so let's consider him. Hebrews chapter 1. Reading from verse 1, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spoke in us in times past to the fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, God has spoken unto us by his son, Jesus, whom he has appointed heir of all. Jesus has been appointed by the father as heir of all. And by whom also he made the worlds. Jesus being the very brightness of the glory of the Father, the very express image of Him, and upholding all things by the word of His power, when He had by Himself purged us from our sins, Jesus sat down on the right hand of the majesty and high, being made so much better than the angels, as He had by inheritance, say by inheritance, by inheritance, he obtained a more excellent name than they. Heir of all things, by inheritance obtained a name that is so excellent. For unto which of the angels had God said at any time, You are my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. Now the reason for this again is because you see when Jesus became sin on the cross, and remember when he said, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? He was separated from the Father. But not only was he separated, when he became sin, he took that sin nature. That's not the nature of God, is it? Amen? And because he took that sin nature, how was he ever going to get back into that place of holiness? He himself had to become born again. He stopped being the son of God, and so he became the son of God again. So he says, again, I will be to him a father, and again, he shall be to me a son. And when he bring it in the first begotten into the world, he said, let all the angels of God, when he brought Jesus into the world, when Jesus got born again, he says, let all of the angels of God worship him. Well, let me ask you something. Doesn't the Bible, doesn't it, the Ten Commandments says, thou shall have no other God? but me, and you shall worship no other God? Doesn't it say that? 
Well, why would God say to the angels, his own angels, to worship Jesus? The reason he could do that is because Jesus was God. So that man Christ Jesus that died, that became sin, that was separated, but was not born again, and was not raised up, and was no, he was now made God, so there is a man that is God in the Godhead. And, Jesus, and God made him heir of all things, and give him by inheritance a more excellent name. We see Jesus. Because when you see Jesus, then you can also see what you are an heir to. There's a reason why we have a, why his name belongs to us. That most excellent name. Because we are a joint heir. The Bible says in another place in, in Romans chapter 5, 9 and verse 5. That Jesus is forever blessed. Well if Jesus is forever blessed. And you are joint heir with him. Then you are forever blessed. I'm trying for us to get this mind of Christ within us. And to think this way. So unto the Son, he said, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Unto the Son, he said, Thy throne, O God. God the Father said to the Son, Jesus, Your throne, O God. God called Jesus God. Hallelujah. You have loved righteousness and hated iniquity before Therefore God, even your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness above all thy fellows. All things belong to Jesus. Everything belongs to Jesus. Can you see that? He has all power. He has all authority in heaven and in earth. He is forever blessed. When you are joined here to all power, to all authority, to everything that, that belongs to Jesus. That is why when you go back to Ephesians, he says not only that you would see what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, but he goes on to say that even including the exceeding great power that was demonstrated when he raised Jesus from the dead. Say, so I'm an heir to it all. So you are heir to all of it. Jesus Everything belongs to him and you are an heir to all of it. Is it because of what you did? No, but because of what he did. You know what that's called? Grace. That's grace, is it not? It's grace that can give you such tremendous abundance of power and authority and everything else because it's going to include every spiritual blessing. He's going to daily load you with benefits. It's going to include redemption from, the, from every curse. It's going to include prosperity. It's all of that. But how come all of this is yours? How come this is mine? It is by grace. It's done by grace. But you see, the Bible says in John chapter 1 verse 17, the law was given by Moses. But grace came out through Jesus Christ. Amen? What a great salvation. Now the Bible says, it goes on to say in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1 to 3, it says, look, when you recognize these dimensions, when you recognize this excellence, when you recognize the, the how, how, how manifold, how rich, how abundant is this great salvation and redemption, it says, take heed and don't let these truths slip from you. Because how are you going to escape if you neglect this great and awesome salvation that has been brought to you? Are you with me? Say so this is great. Alright. So we, we cannot, we must not be negligent. We got to get a hold of this. We got to be diligent about it. And we got to possess it. Now let's, let's begin to look a little further as to what is involved with this inheritance. 
First of all, let me say this. The Bible says in, in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse, and verse 11, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 11, it says, In whom also you have obtained an inheritance. Say, I already got it. Remember, you were born again to that inheritance. You have already obtained that inheritance that was predestined according to the purpose of God from before the foundation of the world. Amen? Now in Galatians, I want you to know, you've got to know I got it. Say, I got it. You have to know you got it. You see, healing becomes relatively easy when you recognize that you got all the healing you could ever need in your spirit and it's just a matter of drawing it out. Are you with me? Amen. But it's the same thing with this inheritance is concerned. Galatians chapter 4 from verse 1 says, I say that the heir, as long as he's a child, now, he differs not from a servant, even though he's Lord of all. Let me ask you something. If the heir is a child, and he's just a brand new Christian or a little baby, is he still an heir? Is he still an heir? He might not know what belongs to him, but is, is he still an heir? Well, so it says an heir, even though he's a child and he doesn't grasp all this stuff, and in many ways he's still like a servant, having to have babysitters and tutors and governors, but he is Lord of all. Say Lord of all. This is in the Bible. This is Galatians 4 verse 1. He's under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. Even so, we, when we were children, we were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God had sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Wherefore, you are no more a servant, but you are a son. Say, I'm a son of God. And if I'm a son, then you are also an heir of God through Christ. Say, I'm an heir. The inheritance is mine. All of it is mine. Now, what does that inheritance include? Everything. Say, everything. It even includes, you know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 21 and verse 22, you can look it up, but it says all things are yours. It even says the future is yours. Think about that. Say the future is mine. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. All things are yours. All things are yours. You know, there's a, is, it, is it a song or is it a Christian song? All things nice and beautiful, all creatures made of God. Anybody know that song? All things nice. Well, all things nice and beautiful. Amen? All things that pertain, in Second Peter 1 verse 3 says, All things that pertain to life and godliness. Psalms 84 verse 11 says, There is no good thing that he will withhold from them that walk uprightly. And another place it says, He daily loads us with benefits. Say, all good things. Would that include health? Would that include wealth? Would that include authority? Ephesians 1 verse 3 says, You are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Why is it in heavenly places? Because it's the inheritance. You are born again to an inheritance, incorruptible, undefiled, reserved where? In that heavenly place, in that arena, in that realm. Now what we got to do is draw it out of that realm and cause it to be made manifested here. Amen? 
Now, the Holy Spirit of God is the confirming witness to the fact that you've got this inheritance. Hebrews 10 verse 15 talks about that. He is the witness. And the mere fact that you've got the Holy Ghost means that that inheritance truly is yours. In another place in Ephesians 1 verse 14, it says that the Holy Spirit, who is the Spirit of promise, mm, the Holy Spirit, He is the down payment or the guarantor, the guarantee of the inheritance. You know, if you buy a piece of property or you buy, your, you, you know, you, you, you bought some, some particular item and, then you, and you put a down payment on it. Amen? You don't pay all of it, but you put a down payment on it. What are you saying? You're saying, I'm going to come and pay the rest later. Isn't that right? But you're saying there's more coming. Well, the Holy Spirit, the Bible says in Ephesians 1 verse 14 and a few other places, He is the guarantee. He is the down payment. But he's also the guarantee that more is coming. Say more is coming. He's the guarantee of what? The inheritance. Say the inheritance. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me show you something briefly. Matter of fact, let's, 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 okay, let's flip over here. Romans chapter 4. Let's, let's briefly. Ha, ha, ha. Praise the name of the Lord. Maybe I could come, come about it this way. You need to know not only that the inheritance belongs to you and that you already have it in your spirit, but you also need to know that it is God's will for that inheritance to be made manifest. Amen? If you don't know that, it, that okay, you know you got it, but you don't know it is the will of God for it to be made manifest, you won't be able to operate in confidence. And the Bible says, we know that whatsoever we ask, this is the confidence that we have. That whatever we ask according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, then we know that we have those petitions that we desire of Him. First John, John 5, 14 and 15. So we need to have that confidence that it is the will of God. Alright, watch this here. Romans chapter 4 and verse 13, talking about Abraham. It says the promise... That he, Abraham, should have been an heir of the world. Heir of the world. Was not to Abraham or to his seed through law. It was not based on Abraham's good merits and behavior and conduct and works. It was not through the law, but it was through the righteousness of faith. Amen? It is through this oneness that he can operate in because of faith, because of confidence in the sacrifice. Now, if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void, and the promise made of none effect. Now, what is very interesting here is we're talking about a promise, and we says the promise that he should be what? Heir. Promise that he should be what? Heir. If you're talking heir, you're also talking inheritance. Are you with me? The promise that he should be heir which means connected with inheritance, it was not by the law that he was an heir, but it was by promise. It was by promise. Here is the point here. Matter of fact, hold that thought. Say promise. promise. All right. Um, let me go back to Ephesians chapter 1 for a moment. I can just blurb this out, but let me just... Um, All right, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 says, In whom 
You also trusted after that you heard... <laughs>